I am joined today by Randall Despommier, uh, g- which just had a great teaching moment of like the properly pronounced the, the, the last name or whatnot. Uh, I'm assuming uh, heralding from your, you know, Louisiana heritage and the French influence uh, down there and everything, man, with a great album that recently just came out, uh, Dioche. You know, we're out here with all the the great and fun pronunciations of words today and everything man how are you how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing great i'm doing uh doing well as can be um i am mostly uh pretty stationary these days so that's uh that's been uh, you know a real adjustment uh as it has been for i think for, for for many people but um but i'm doing well i am i'm really happy to be here and um yeah it's you know it's it's kind of like bringing connect. us all back is it's kind of like bringing us all back to our college years you know of just sitting in a practice room and and getting back but this time it's kind of like not by choice you know you're just kind of forced to sit there and deal with your own uh inner thoughts you know like i like uh i like kind of hanging out in a practice room and and spending a lot of time kind of by myself trying to uh, think things through musically. I mean, that's how you make things happen. Right. Uh, but now that I am sort of forced to do that, it doesn't feel like I'm choosing to do it. <laughs> so there's a, there's kind of a um, sort of this weird existential thing going on. Like naturally I would want to, you know, sit in a practice room, you know, sit in my studio apartment and, and try to crank music out. But now that I'm forced to do it or, or forced to stay inside. Yeah. It, um, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little strange. Um, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to, to make the most of my, uh, my time sort of under, under lockdown. Um, I mean, one thing I've discovered is when, you are kind of shut in you're really alone with your own thoughts and sometimes that can give you really good ideas you know um i mean over the past couple of months i think i've been writing some some really nice stuff and part of it is because yeah i haven't really been going anywhere so it's just been like me uh, my piano a saxophone kind of books so and I have to uh, really kind of really dig deep. And I've been, I've been doing that. And um, I kind of like what I've, I've been coming up with. So, Man, so there, there's, there's, some, there's some benefit to kind of like being alone with your, with your thoughts. Like there's, there's no escape. So you have, to, you have to deal with them. And I mean, um, you know, artists deal with them by expressing those thoughts through some kind of artistic medium and you know for me it's music that's great though for you because i think so many people discovered with this that um maybe they relied too much on others to inspire their creativity and to provoke their thoughts and learning how to be able like that's still important and not to belittle it but still learn how to like take uh your own thoughts and still be able to motivate yourself and be productive 
in a, in a creative way without that, you know, and like being able to really get like into like yourself and, and being genuine and just recognizing what you truly think without so as much of an outside influence, you know? Yeah. I like, I, th- I would say for the, for the longest time, I, I didn't like the way I sounded because like, Oh, I didn't sound like this guy who could really burn on a jam session, you know, or I didn't sound like Sonny Stead or, or, um, you know, or, 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 or Sonny Rollins. And not that you shouldn't aspire to, to sound like those guys, like, or at a, you know, a guy or, or a girl, anyone, a person sure. who can kind of, bur- you know, burn uh, at a, at a, at a jam session. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to express yourself, you know, your, your own voice. Um, and, you know, what that voice sounds like, I think is a, it's part of a journey. Um, it's a process. Like your, your voice, I think your voice actually changes if you're really in tune to it, but it will always stay, stay, stay the same, sort of a, like a, a paradox. Um, I mean, like, for example, okay, maybe the obvious example is like Coltrane. You could tell it's Coltrane, whether it's late Coltrane, middle Coltrane, or early, you know, Coltrane, uh, you know, whatever, whatever train. Uh, it's still him, like, you could still hear his voice, but he chose different kind of mediums to, to, to work with. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a process. I would, I would, I would say it's kind of a, at least for me, I mean, it's been a, like a spiritual process, you know, like you, uh, it's a spiritual process. So you, I, I think, I mean, it's just my, my opinion. I think you have to, in some way kind of grow spiritually to grow to grow art- artistically now that's not to say like okay you have to um go to a zen temple once a week to meditate or you have to um join a catholic church or the mormon tabernacle choir i mean all those things i think could be wonderful right. but uh, um maybe maybe for you that's um uh, I don't know, really learning how to kind of zone out, to, to zone out and, and, zone, and, and zone in, if that, if that makes sense. I, well, uh, I think that's something you have to do musically is really like let yourself go. And it, it took me a while to, fi- to figure that out, to like, to like how, to, how to do that. Um, so, so once you do that, all those like other influences they're going to, they're going to come to surface, but you will be at the center, you know, mm-hmm. like you'll be at the center. Um, and, and I think, look, and not to, um, hope I'm not going on, on too long, but, but Good, I think this is what makes, this is what makes jazz truly, think truly unique um, among the musical disciplines. Uh, in jazz you you really have to say something and you really have to be yourself and that's that's very it's very challenging it's very challenging um so that's why that's why i think like you have to go sort of beyond in influence it's not just about like learning how to play over two five ones and learn how to emulate like this amazing player 
uh, all that's good, but you have to sort of transcend that. You have to, you have to go, you have to go beyond that. Um, and I would say over the past few years, that's something I kind of realized that's what I've been trying to do. And, um, this, um, I guess this, this album, my first solo release, um, is kind of a product of that spiritual journey. Yeah. I, 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 that makes a lot of sense to me. I know because I think, uh, often with young musicians, I mean, my, myself included, you know, you, you spend so much time striving for and trying to learn from these grades and comparing yourself to these grades. And of course, we're only hearing these grades at some form of a finished product, you know? And so there, there's a level of uh, humbleness that I think that you have to gain in a sense of like emotional maturity to understand where you lie and, and that it's okay to not play trumpet like Freddie Hubbard. You know, it's okay to not sound like Dizzy Gillespie. It's, it, that's okay. And just find out what are the things you love and understanding that what you take from Dizzy Gillespie does not mean you're going to sound like, like John Faddis and what he takes from Dizzy Gillespie or what, you know, uh, uh, Clifford Brown took from Fats Navarro. It, it, you know, it just goes on and then you find that. And it's, you know, it's beautiful too because then someone else can listen yeah. to you and be like, man, I, like I hear this, like, do you like this person? You're like, I do like that person. I didn't know that you would know, you know, and it's just becoming more informed in that manner. Um, I think it is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, you could really tell where someone's been when you, when you listen to them, like, Oh wait, yeah, there's man, there's some Clifford, there's some Clifford Brown in there. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some Lee Morgan, but Absolutely. wait, there's also, you know, uh, maybe this musician has like been to India. There's some um, more circular kind of static playing going on that, that comes from somewhere, you know, somewhere in the East. Absolutely. Um, and it's so interesting when it's not know, jazz because like there's someone like Philip Dizek. That's right. Who phenomenal trumpet player, you know, just coming out with Shay Maestros. But then I was listening to one of his albums and I was like, I was in the car. I think we were going to like Lowe's or something. And my, uh, my roommate was like, that's Coldplay. Like that's a cover of a Coldplay song. And you're like, oh. Interesting. Like jazz musicians like stuff that is not just straight ahead, you know? And like where those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder when that, when that started. I mean, I guess it's always been a part of jazz to, to kind of embrace other styles. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, take, let's say, what's that piece by Jelly Roll Morton, The, the, the Crave? Uh, I don't know how to start now. Bum, beam, bum, bum, bum. He said, look, it's got to have the Spanish, it's got to have the Spanish tinge in there. It's got to have this, the, the Spanish tinge. So this is a Latin American rhythm. So already, okay, jazz has this sort of uh, spicy uh, habanero rhythm, you know, in, in there. And that's sort of, that's part of the kind of, maybe, maybe that's a defining feature of jazz. It's that it's, it's this kind of all embracing sort of mercurial medium. So it's only natural for jazz musicians to, to be open to open to the world. Um, and I, I guess over like the past, past 20 years or so, um, 
we've been more open to like embracing pop styles. Um, Like I forget the name of the Robert Glasper's album. It's like a Miles kind of tribute to Miles album. And man, it's got like, it's got some hip hop, some hip hop grooves in there. It's this sort of like gumbo of jazz and hip hop and soul. It's, 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 it's happening. Like it's awesome. Yeah, and I, it, I look. I, I think I think it's very exciting. I think it's actually. Um, I mean, if you focus on like on like streaming revenue, and that sort of thing, yeah, it can get kind of it can get <laughs> it can get it can get it a little depressing. But it's actually I think it's a very exciting time to be an artist to to be a jazz musician because um, there are so many incredible things happening so many different uh, new styles kind of emerging and um you know you just have to kind of like to tap into a style that that speaks to you yeah absolutely i think the the easiest way for someone to to get a glimpse into it you know without being a part of it maybe might be through cooking you know because there's so many chefs that go out and will they, they, they have their, their roots, you know, whether it's like French classically training or, or whatever, but then they find these ingredients from all over the world, you know, and just love that ingredient and are able to then bring it into, you know, their dish or, or how is it, you know, like you see these people doing barbecue and like bringing in like South American peppers and spices and like, that's not traditional barbecue, if you will, but it's, it's their spin on it, you know, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so with this album, then, you know, how did uh how did that come to fruition for you you know because there's a lot of i guess variance is the right word or or different inspirations that i think you can pick up on throughout it you know but where where did this come from for you in in the way that it all came together (laughs) into the one gumbo that is the album you know one gumbo how did it all come together uh you know that's why i (sighs) I ask myself that a lot, like how, how do these things come together? And you look back and it seems like, it seems a little chaotic and kind of dis, like disorganized. Um, but I was, I was thinking about this like every day for, you know, for over a year, like, okay, what do I want the focus of the album to be? Where do I want it to go? What musicians do I want to, um, you know, to, to join me? And for some time, I wasn't sure what I like. What should be the the main theme, or what should be the album title? I was I was a bit kind of I was lost in the I was lost in the woods. Um, but I was looking for something, and I and in the end, I feel like I I I, I found it. Um, so the album is kind of a summation of my musical journey you know like uh as i mentioned in kind of my my epk um like music has brought me to to many different places like uh brought me to italy i wanted to go to italy to to study uh actually like renaissance music Mm. um back in back in 05 yeah like for for a while like I didn't want to do jazz anymore. Like I don't know. I wanted to do classical composition and maybe focus on musicology or or um, 
or early music. So I really wasn't sure, but I was, I was, I was looking, I was kind of searching. So that, that brought me to, to Italy. Sure. Um, and then I went to NEC and studied classical composition there. But um, I, I didn't feel like I was writing my own music until I moved to New York City in what, 2000, 2013. That's, that's when I'd say I really started like tapping into my musical sort of uh, reservoir, you know, like over the years, I just picked up all of these different sort of styles and, and languages. Um, and I started studying with, with Fred Hirsch and whose main thing is kind of like, as I understand it, like tune writing, like, man, say something, say something simple, say something simple that really works and that is hip. So, with all that in mind, I started thinking about like what I wanted to say musically and where, where I had been and what I had learned. And this album sort of became kind of like a playlist of my life. Hmm. Um, my, my, like my experiences in Italy growing up in new Orleans, um, like living in New York City. So yeah, all the, it, it's kind of, a, it's, a, it's a bit of an autobiogra autobiographical project. There's some personal stuff in there, you know, uh, there's uh, about like, you know, kind of heartache and, and uh, trying to find your, like your place in the world. But, but all these, all these emotions, all these themes um, uh, help create the content for for the album, um, the album title is a bit abstract, and sometimes I wonder if I should have chosen something in in English. But um, I'll just say a few a few words about it. So, I was taking a road trip with a friend and from Rome uh, back in what 2017, and. I started to see like DOJ graffitied on various like road signs and which in Italian means God exists. And my friend Luigi said, you know what that means? I said, well, well, what? Like, uh, it's like, well, there's a double entendre. It means that like, yeah, there's some bad stuff happening in these neighborhoods. Like if you go there, you can score, like, you know, you can, you can buy drugs. So it, it made me think about like, um, city moral church, moral choices and my own spiritual journey and like, um, like making, making the right moral spiritual choices, whatever those might be. Um, so, so yeah, the album has this kind of, I guess you could say this overarching existential sort of like re religious theme, um, which, yeah, I would say is a theme in my life growing up in like Catholic New Orleans. That's a, um, it's a very kind of spiritual, religious culture. So this album title, DOJ, although a little abstract, I thought it, it kind of brought all of these um, pieces and themes of my life 
together. So, so I thought in the end, like that's what it had to be. Which is a, uh, a difficult thing to do in its own, you know, because I think, especially as a, as a young musician, you know, nowadays there are so many things that are out there. It can be almost overwhelming and over informing to a degree, you know, long are we past the days where most people are buying an album and listening to that album so much and ingraining that specific album. You know, it's now you can go and open up YouTube or Spotify and jump from, you know, Gregorian chant to Robert Glasper to D'Angelo to earth, wind and fire to Willie Nelson, you know, and it's almost so um, it adds in like a little bit of an extra uh, step where you then have to take all of that and figure out how am I going to meld it? You know, what are the things that I take from all of these various influences that I like and how do I then bring it together to form whatever you will form if if you want to form something you know yeah that's that's kind of i like how you describe that like you're yeah one minute you're listening to gregorian chant and and will as they said willie nelson there's yeah. a great article about willie nelson i think it's in a not in new yorker i, f- I forget where i read it maybe vanity fair um on his kind of epic sort of pot smoking uh, abilities. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a cool kind of nice little tribute to, to Willie Nelson, who's still going strong. He's like in his, seven, in his like what, late seventies, early eighties. And he just like released his 71st solo album, you know. The guy's a legend. Um, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Yeah. That, you know, he's 87 years old. Like it's, it's, it's just wild to think. Look, I guess, I, I, guess, I guess that's something cool about you know, music is if you're relatively healthy, you could, you could keep going. You can keep going. I mean, um, a couple weeks before, uh, sadly, before, before he died, I got to hear for the first time, Harold Mayburn. Hmm. Um, Sorry for the, no, you're good, man. The the buzzer there. I like my buzzer is connected to the buzzer. The guy lives next door to me. So sometimes like if he gets a package, yeah. Don't don't ask. It's a pre-war <laughs> apartment, and all the wiring, all the. I th- I think you would need an MIT engineering uh, graduate to come in here and figure out all the. To all try the, and all straighten it out. Yeah, tons of yeah. duct tape and electrical tape has been used. Since no, then. it's a it's a it's. I imagine it's a. <laughs> there, there's some Gordian knots in there. So, like, yeah, I get to hear Harold Mayburn play for the for the first time, and I think he was. I don't know, 80, 80, 81. And he sounded fresh. Like it was reinvigorating. I mean, I like, I went, I went back to my place and I mean, it was like really late. It was like midnight. Like I wanted to practice. So it was, um, it, it was like so good to hear him play live and actually had a chance to kind of talk to him. It was really cool. And um, he was telling me about this, the sax player who I had to check out, but he kind of, he, he made me wait in suspense. Like he wasn't going to tell me until who he was until he had to go back, uh, uh, back to play. So he drummed this guy up and in the end he told me it was Frank Strozier. So I've been Mm -hmm. on this like Frank Strozier kick ever since I um, uh, met Harold Mayburn and, Rest in peace. So, so anyways, the, like 
point is you can you can keep going and this is what's different about music it's like it's not um it's not something you really ever retire from i mean you can um you can do music your whole life it's a it's a it's a it's a lifelong journey um and that that but musicians like like Willie Nelson and Harold Mayburn are and what's a uh, Maurizio Pollini in Italy, the classical pianist. I mean, they're 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 still going strong like until their seventies and eighties. That's um that's inspiring. It's that's amazing inspiring. to you know. I think about like I it's um like you compare it to these other professions or whatnot where someone might be thinking like the, the end goal is like retirement or, you know, like when, when we all have those moments where like we look forward to the weekend and not having to go into like the nine to five grind or whatnot, but you know, music is not like that. You know, like I think to, I don't know, back to like 2017 or something when I was down at FSU and the Count Basie orchestra came through uh, with their modern group, you know, but then we also had Cleveland Eaton, uh, Cleve Eaton there, who was a bass player that played with them, you know, many odd years before then. But um, he came in and I remember like the band was playing and he was backstage and, and I was over there with him and he had just like at one point, like closed his eyes and had his bass in his hands and was like, you know, like playing along with all the tunes, you know, and he must've been 77, 76 or something. And it was like, it just hadn't changed and they brought him on for one number and it was just like he could have been 30 for all i care you know he was ready to go and it that was it uh so it's it certainly is like a, a wonderful thing to be able to have something like that where it, it doesn't get old you know it doesn't yeah no that's right like i think i think music can certainly keep music music is the fountain of youth you know M- music yeah. can keep music can keep you uh, can keep you young. I mean, like, get Johnny Vodakovich down in New Orleans. Johnny Vodakovich, like, that guy's a a tour de force, and uh-huh. um, like, he's he's still he's still going strong. Um, so, so yeah, I think yeah, this is this is what kind of separates I think the arts from from other disciplines it's a spiritual journey. You know, you don't, um, if you're, if you're a Buddhist monk, um, you don't stop practicing Buddhism when you're in your, your you know, when, when you're, when you're of old age, like you, sure. it's, it's, it's a, it's a life, it's a lifelong discipline. There was a, a couple months ago, I think there was a Sonny Rollins article that came out. I forget. I read too much stuff and I can't remember what I read and where it came from. Atlantic or New Yorker, it was a, it was a, I think the New Yorker, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> and it was an interview and he spoke a little bit about music, but it was, it was mostly about um, his, his own spirituality. Man. I, yeah. Like his own, his own, um, like, I mean, he sounded, he sounded like, like the Dalai Lama. Hmm. And that's deep. I think, man, you, you reading up on, on a lot of that stuff and hearing, um, you know, that, that's why I love reading autobiographies, you know, because you'll read like Herbie's book and, and hear about his, his journey with like Buddhism and, and that, or, you know, you read Winton's or, yeah. or Miles and all of their, their interpretations of how they dealt with their, their thoughts off the bandstand. Because I think so often it's so easy just to think of, 
Miles Davis and think, you know, kind of blue or sketches of Spain or, or, you know, of his albums. And, and it's just, it's hard sometimes to think about like, well, what went off besides that? You know, what was them or, or who were they or, you know, or what, what was going off when they weren't there, you know, because it, it just helps make them a little bit more um, real. You know, there, there's this great book. If, if, yeah. That who was it? Aaron Parks, I think recommended when he came through one time with, uh, with Ben Wendell that I, that I got, it's like a little coffee table book or whatnot. Um, but okay. it's called daily rituals. Uh, oh yeah. And it, it, I have, I have that book. It's so good. Cause it breaks down all of these people, whether it be like writers or composers or you know, philosophers or whatnot. and just talks about like what they do daily, you know, and it just makes yeah. it so relatable and like, Oh, they, they got to get up and That's like, right. brush their teeth too. You know, they didn't just like wake sure. up composing the nutcracker suite or whatever. A lot of them were coffee drinkers, like Beethoven, yeah. uh, Kierkegaard. Uh, I forget who who else. Like there were there were coffee drinkers, and there was a method to their coffee making madness. And when I read that, I said, "Okay, I'm not nuts because I'm a little nuts <laughs> with my coffee. I have I have my own kind of like like ritual. I have I use only like a certain kind of espresso, and yeah. it's got to be at this temperature. And I use a mocha pot, so." Speaking of Zen monk, you know, I mean, like I'm a Zen, I, I, I have, I mean, I go into like coffee Zen mode. Um, so, so when I was reading this, uh, this book, um, yeah, I felt like, okay, man, I can, I can relate to, to Kierkegaard. Um, I think Beethoven was the other sort of coffee uh, making um, kind of had a, had a very, he was very serious about, about like, about making coffee. Um, I'm for whatever justifies yeah, my great intake of coffee. You know, whatever ju- supports the amount of coffee I drink, I'm all for, you know? Look, I think, I mean, okay, if you're, if you're like, I used to work at Starbucks. Sure. And I would see, I would see some people drink like these veinty coffees. That's like enough caffeine to kill like a small animal. And like, you know, that's not good. But, but if you're, if you're drinking some, you know, couple of espressos a day you're 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 for me it's like it's slow drip okay i'm just having a little bit like yeah throughout the day and that's what kind of keeps me going i don't see anything anything wrong with that um so um but yeah it's these little things that kind of can make a person tick and make their music tick and and okay you you mentioned uh Herbie Hancock's biography or autobiography, Possibilities, you know, that's a, that's the, the think main chant of um, Sago Kai, sort of Buddhism, which is the, the, the kind of Buddhism he practices. That's part of his music. That's part of his identity. That's part of his like world view or what's the German word, the Weltanschauung. So Weltanschauung, like you're, you're kind of the way you see the world. Sure. That, so, so like if you're going to really study Herbie Hancock and his music and his life, like maybe, maybe you need to practice Buddhism for a little while. I know that sounds, I know that sounds a little strange, but I don't, I really don't think it is. There's a, um, there's a writer, theologian, 
I think he's still with us, and philosopher Huston Smith, Huston Smith, who wrote a wonderful book, The World's Religions. And he wrote about these, these religions from the point of view of an academic and someone who practiced them. So he wrote about Islam because he practiced it. He wrote about Buddhism because he practiced it, uh, Hinduism, Christianity. Um, and he really got inside them. He participated in, in, in all these rituals. So yes, like, sure, you, it, okay, you have to like know their music and know how they play and, and study if you're you know, a pianist, like, like, all right, study their, their voicings, all that's important, but there's something, there's something else going on that's worth tapping into, you know? Absolutely. Um, that's, I'm not saying like, like you become like, play like Herbie Hancock, you need to become a Zen monk or a Buddhist monk. I mean, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe you do, but, but uh, I'm just saying like, I think it's worth, it's worth exploring that facet of, of his life. Um, so, I mean, it seemed like that was one of the main themes of his book. Is it possi possibilities? Yeah, yeah. So, um, this, uh, this strand, this, um, uh, um, strand or version, I guess, of, uh, of, of, of Buddhism helped him find himself and, and even like his, helped him find something he was searching for, helped him yeah. find something he was, he was searching for. And that's what we're all, I think that's what we're all, all artists are really trying to do, you know? And I think that's really important to, to think about, you know, if um, there, there is merit and there's, you know, you'll gain stuff from it for just checking out, you know, um, uh, Clark Terry Solar or, or Duke Ellington's writing, you know, but you gain another level of understanding with like, why was that written or why was that like, what informed them to where they are today? You know, because that's, that's part of it. If you want to get into that and if you want to get really like that deep into it, you know, like there's like, if you think of like Ellington's like black, brown and beige or the sacred concerts, you know, at surface level, like they're just phenomenal pieces of work. But if you then dive like a little bit deeper and start understanding like, you know, wh why did he do the, the sacred concerts or why did he do black, brown and beige or why did he do the queen suite or, you know, whatever it is. And it just explains, um, it, it informs you a little bit more. And I think that if you really want to know, you'll appreciate that, uh, that level of being informed and it'll, it'll shine more lights on it, you know, and, and make it feel more genuine and appreciative and whatnot. Amen. Abs absolutely. You're making me think of a, I, I think it's a quote by Heisenberg, not, not from Breaking Bad, the, the <laughs> Werner Heisenberg. It's, it's either Werner Heisenberg or, um, uh, in, or, or Planck. It's one of those, physicists <laughs> i think it's yeah. i think it's Heisberg. Tr truth truth dwells in the deeps that always like stuck with me truth dwells in the deeps like yeah if you really want to get to the essence of something you have to go very very deep um you have to go and where where that is that that's that's up to you you know um so just don't like uh just don't go down a a kind of dark path and that's kind of like what that's sort of the message of, of, of DOJ, like, like choose the higher road, you know, don't, you don't like, 
<clears throat> you know, you don't need to go down like Charlie Parker's uh, path in, in order to play like him. In fact, you, you, you shouldn't. Uh, in fact, you can't. That, that it's impossible, it. you know, and just, you just Yeah, that. that's right. I, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Like that. Um, and by the way, this, this might sound sort of like, like some sort of ver form of like radical individualism, which I'm, which I'm not, which I'm not espousing. Um, it's, it's different. It's different from, from that. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I'm just, I'm just advocating for, for inner growth, for inner growth and for inner spiritual growth, because I think that will uh, facilitate artistic growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an accepting, but it's okay to, to not, um, not be somebody else, you know, and that's not saying that you yep. can't look to somebody else for guidance, you know, but just uh, being, you know, genuine and, and humble and, and recognizing where you are and that where you are is providing a, a, um, uh, a, a unique viewpoint, you know, and that yeah. because that viewpoint is not as someone else's, it's okay that you're not Marcus Roberts. It's okay that you're not Joshua Redman or whomever, you know, your viewpoint is still your viewpoint. I would also, I would also say it's that um, it's a journey you should experience with others. Like this music would not have come together had it not been for the many wonderful musicians I had the privilege of working with. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jason Yeager, Aubrey Johnson, um, Jimmy Haslip, like Ben Monder. Um, here, I'll just, I'll mention, let's see, uh, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Uh, no, uh, uh, Allegra Levy, Thomas Cruz, Patrick, Patrick Lasley, Oscar Stenmark. Uh, I hope I'm not, it became kind of a big group, so I'm hope, yeah. I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. Um, Mike Perez Cisneros at Big Orange Sheep Studios. Um, I mean, all of them brought this um, very high degree of artistry to the project and they helped shape the music. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's like, a, it, so it's a journey you have to, you have to undertake yourself, but at the same time with, with others. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to work with others, especially in jazz. I mean, jazz is, it's a communal language. Yes, it is like a solo art and there's a lot of stress on like the performer and the individual and the improviser. And, but um, let's not forget that uh, music is a, it's a communal endeavor. Even if you're just Glenn Gould and Glenn Gould and you're just cranky and you're focused on like solo Bach, well, Glenn Gould was part of a musical world. In fact, he listened to the radio um, like every single day for hours on end. I think he had multiple radio radios playing in the background. So um, it wasn't just him and his piano. It was him, his piano, and the vast world of classical music. And I believe even um, uh, some pop music. He really liked Petula Clark. <laughs> and Dixieland. I think he was in, into, into Dixieland. So he was um, an omnivorous artist, a, a major 
introvert and hypochondriac, but a very communal person in his own sense. Mm. So, he, so again, so even, yeah, even if you're just a solo, solo artist, like you're still working with other people. You're still, you still have to listen to other people. Uh, and, and Glenn, Glenn Gould did that religiously. Mm. And I, I think that's why he, um, he was able to make such a profound artistic yeah yeah that that man that's uh that's deep <laughs> that that's heavier than you know than I think a lot of people think and i I think everyone gets there to some degree, you know, but it's just uh how however you understand it but um man look i'm I'm so glad that we yeah. talked today and, and get into some of these uh subjects. absolutely Alan. You, you know it's it's the album's great to the people that have not heard it yet, you know check it out on Spotify, Apple music. Uh, Randall's website, Amazon, you know, uh, Napster, if people are still doing that, I don't really know, but it's, it's out there, DOJ, uh, great uh, um, collection of different personalities from the tunes, you know, all sharing one common thread and, you know, congrats again on, on, on getting out a great release, man. Man, thank you so much, Alan. Um, let me just say, say one thing real quick, yeah. if anyone would like me directly just look me up and i'm giving 10 percent um of cd sales to the bard prison initiative um which um i was happy to be a, a part of a, a few years back so the um um the money will go to help um, um incarcerated men and women um, earn their bachelor's degree that's awesome man well yeah, best way I think to get in contact with him if you if you need to is going to his website, uh, and, and and going from there, man. But yeah. again, thank you so much uh, for the album. It's great, and you know it's awesome to hear back. <laughs>